What's up, y'all? My name's Leticia, and you're listening to Confessions from the Closet, a podcast all about vulnerability and overcoming. It's time we get ourselves unstuck from these boxes and these closets that we've allowed ourselves to be trapped in. We're so much bigger than these boxes we've been in. It's time we go deep, y'all. <laughs> what? Oh, you've done like 10 of these today. I know. <laughs> like, and then I go get the mic. I realize my phone. What's that? Here, yes. <sighs> okay. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another week of Confessions from the Closet. It's late. I felt very tired. Um,. We just finished watching the new documentary out on Netflix called Pray Away. We were the leaders of the ex-gay movement. We were promoting an idealized version of life. Homosexuality was changeable. I spent a lot of time thinking, how did I believe that? It was awful pseudo-psychology. There's so much shame. which is all about trying to pray away the gay and uh, conversion therapy, specifically Exodus International, which was around from 1970, 1976 to 2013. Um, and just, we just watched it and we felt like, you know, that was something we'd really like to talk about. Also, something we were asked this week was, like, when did we know we were gay? And it brought up some conversations between me and Maddie. And I was just like, oh, that's something we should probably touch more on that topic. Uh, we've done a little bit, but um, it's always good to talk about those. We have new listeners and or watchers. And uh, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe. Um, hit that bell so you get notifications whenever there's a new video up, if you're watching on YouTube or, um, on Apple podcasts, if you subscribe, you'll get the episodes automatically and be notified when they're out. So also it helps us, um, with analytics. So we really appreciate that. Um, so I've talked about this before, but I knew when I was like 12 that I was gay and, um, I feel like this is far from me. I just remember, I don't remember it clearly. Obviously I was really young, but I do remember looking up the word gay and homosexual in the Bible and like also in the dictionary and then the encyclopedia and like trying to figure out what that meant. And then realizing that, yes, I was that, what it was describing. And then I'd read it in the Bible and I was like, it says all these things. It says I'm an abomination. You want to inherit the kingdom of God. All these things. Obviously, we've talked about this a lot. Those are all mistranslations. The word homosexual in the Bible doesn't actually mean same-sex attracted. It was more for pedophilia and um, sexual acts of rape or abuse, but not like a same-sex loving couple. Um, but I didn't know that as a kid. I just read it word for word and literally and started just believing terribly about myself and thinking I was wrong 
and gross and a mistake. And if anyone ever found out, they would disown me. If I ever acted on it, I literally thought I would die right then and go straight to hell. Um, and I was a child and I believed these things. Nobody specifically told me that because nobody knew I was gay. Mm-hmm. Um, except for me. And I believed all these things. So, um, watching this film, and like I said last week, reading the book Out Love, which the author of that memoir is in um, Pray Away. But in her book, obviously, she goes way more deep into her story and things that she did. Um, but there's so many things that I'm like, wow, I did that to myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to conversion therapy because nobody knew I was gay. By the time I came out, I was already living on my own. Um but I did those things to myself just because I had such an internalized self-hatred because I could not pray it away. Mm-hmm. And I had prayed from the time I was 12 to the time I was 24 that God would take away that part of me, what I thought was my thorn in my side. Like I was like Paul and I was going to have this thorn in my side for the rest of my life, which I've heard that possibly Paul was gay because what can you pray about so much that God won't take away other than being gay? You know, it makes sense to me thinking mm. about it that way. Also why I thought that was my thorn. Um, I don't know. Did you ever feel any of those things growing up? Like knowing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just, uh, yeah, the show that was powerful. It was good. Just made you think back on some of the memories growing up. Hiding, hating yourself. Um, all the, yeah, the depression behind it, the, Mm -hmm. I mean, I had never heard of the exodus until now, but I had didn't realize we knew people that were in it. Yeah. That were in it. I know you have a friend that I have a friend that she, which I'm surprised because she's Catholic. And Exodus was more of an evangelical, I can never say that word, or fundamental, fundamentalist Christianity thing. It wasn't like it was from that those churches that, that it was birthed out of. But she was Catholic and she was sent to it, I'm pretty sure. And then our friend who um, we go to church with him and his husband, he was a part of it at some point mm-hmm. in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not ready to watch the film yet because... It's just the amount of trauma that Exodus did to so many people because, I mean, the premise of it is they're a group of LGBTQ people. I don't know if it was the Q yet, but LGBT people coming together, trying to pray away the gay, um, doing different workshops and stuff of... Um, I mean, at one point they had the guys all playing football so that they had a way to like connect more with men and bond with other men Mm -hmm. by playing football. Like, okay. Um, and then the women had to like put on makeup and do their nails to embrace their femininity and all this stuff. And I think that feminism and masculinity, like is such a culturally taught thing. I mean, boys used to wear dresses. Pink used to be a boy color. 
I don't know when it changed, but it did change. Um, and that we've just been taught through our culture and through the world that this is, this is what yeah. you are to be a boy and this is what you are to be a girl, not even gay or straight. Um, where just being married to a woman, I understand that you have certain masculine traits and feminine traits about you. And that's what they would be labeled as anyways. Uh-huh. Um, and I have my own mas- masculine traits and feminine traits. And um, masculinity would be seen as strong and hard-headed or independent. Or feminism would be like submissive or kind or nurturing. Or where I think those are just things we should be. But it's been labeled into masculine and feminine. And I mean, Apollo's both. I mean, you could say he's, you could say if you were using those labels, he's feminine and he's masculine. He's emotional. He's also a toddler. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's also very kind and cuddling and he's just Apollo, which is how it should be. Yeah. But the world's put labels on everything. And um, did you feel you had to be like that um, growing up? What? More feminine? Yeah. Like try extra hard just so that you wouldn't. Oh, I didn't even try. I didn't even try. I had <laughs> I had my my dress shoes every Sunday morning. Hey, tell me that I would hide them every Sunday morning because I thought <laughs> I didn't even try to be feminine. No, it was like why I didn't. There was not an ounce of me that wanted to be feminine. My poor mom. She put lipstick on me and the pictures. Looking back at them, and I had this terrible dress on. I just looked miserable. I was like, I hated you so much that day when you made me dress like that. All my boy cousins made fun of me. Like I hated it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I hated wearing earrings. I hated earrings. I still won't. I'm like, I don't like the way they make my face look. I'm like, no, I'm I'm good. I don't need them. Like, I got a pretty smile. Uh, I got pretty eyes. I got great hair. What? Why do I need to add earrings? Try to get you to wear them. Don't need it. Um, yeah, I hid my dress shoes every Sunday. Like, I hid them good. Mom Mm -hmm. can never find them. She's like, if I find them, like, okay, go look. Mm -hmm. I was good at hiding. Because then I could wear my tennis shoes to church. Yeah. I did not. I just didn't want to be feminine. Um, I played with all Brian's G.I. Joe's and his Tonka truck and Legos. And, you know, yeah, I played with Barbies. But when we played house, I was always the, the boy, like the dad. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because I wanted to be with a girl. <laughs> you know, looking <laughs> back, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Um but I didn't like feel like I embraced that feminine side of me until I came out. Once I came out, like it was like totally different the way I felt. I didn't like have, did you wear makeup? I I did a little bit because my friends did, um, but not a lot. And I went through phases where I would like wear like oh like cake on this powder foundation, like way too dark for my face. Because oh, yeah. my friend that I was hanging out with at the time did. And, like, it was, it's terrible. But, I mean, we all go through weird phases. But, yeah, yeah. I didn't really ever dress feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. So I never felt like I had to be. Um, my mom was really kind that she let us kind of be free spirits. Yeah. And I feel like we're doing the same thing with the kids. Just like, okay, be kind. Love yeah. people value yourself that's important to me don't lie do not lie don't be a liar that's like my number one thing 
Um, but yeah, I just think, and, and that's at that Exodus thing, their like retreat they would do every year or whatever their conference. And it was like, oh, if you're more feminine, then you'll be straight. And it's like, what does that have to do with being straight? It is. I mean, I know plenty of what they would call lipstick lesbians who are like super feminine would never like they have a hard time getting hit on by women because like you just would not assume they were gay. Um, that was kind of me. That was me. You <laughs> you were a lipstick lesbian. Yeah, is that what you're that's saying? What, that's now that's what I was. I'm like growing lady, up. Growing you looked gay. <laughs> I'm like now. Yes. I, I don't think. Oh, growing up, I also was an athlete. So you were like super tomboy. Yes, and like me and Alisa dressed up the same. Big old polo shirts. Yeah, she's obviously straight. I was obviously gay, but yeah, yeah. Here we are. It's like no, but I'm saying there's like very, like way more feminine than you, like way more girly that don't pass as gay, but they are. And people are like, oh, but you don't look gay. Well, like it doesn't have a look. Yeah, so you are. Just we have our own style. Yeah, kind of taught that like. Mm-hmm. that lesbians are butchy and gay guys are super feminine and that's not the case there's yeah. those are cliches and stereotypes and uh that's i mean obviously what exodus was doing um uh, in the film they also share this they follow this one guy named jeffrey mccall i think is his last not last German? name i called him jeremy when we were filming earlier uh and he's super femme, but he's, he used to be transgender is what he says. And he has pictures of him. He's like, but you know, and he prays with people at church and does all this stuff. But an article I read today said that he wasn't actually trans. He was like dressing in drag. And, uh, cause he's like, I left, I was transgender and homosexual and like, can't really be both because they're different things. Homosexual would be gay. Um, I I think he was dressing in drag and not trans because there's a total difference. He didn't say I never felt comfortable. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he did. I just think he was good at embellishing his stories, which is like the whole thing with sharing your testimonies is like, oh, you got to just write it just right. So it's powerful enough and it moves the right people. And um you know, makes the impact you want it to make. And it's all about making an impact and not just sharing your story. Um, and they would do that with Julie who wrote out love. And she says this in her book, you know, they eventually she realized she was being used for like an agenda Mm -hmm. and they would make her share parts of her story that she didn't feel comfortable sharing, but they did it for, that impact. Oh, well she was hurt by a man. And so then that caused her to have self-hatred towards or hatred towards men, not self-hatred, hatred towards men, which that's why she's gay, which mm-hmm. wasn't the truth. Um, and when I was, when I came out, I don't know if I shared this on the podcast, when I came out, my boss at the time said, are you struggling with being gay? I was like, no, I'm not struggling for the first, I was struggling with being straight. Um, and she's like, she asked, would you like to go to counseling? And I had been wanting to go to counseling because I wanted to learn to love like my out self and love mm-hmm. that part of me that I had hated for so many years. I'm that I need to go to counseling for that now. Cause I'm realizing there's still parts that I'm like, 
there's trauma that I need to work through still. Um, mm-hmm. But the one session I went to, the lady was like, so I heard you and your dad have a bad relationship, which obviously my boss had prepped her before mm-hmm. my um, session. This, this was her personal counselor. And uh, I was like, no, actually, I mean, we did growing up. We argued a lot. But then God had told me, you know, you need to go live with your dad before you move away and heal that relationship. So at that point, my relationship was already healed. Um, but like that, that was the reason I was gay was because me and my dad fought a lot growing up. Me and my dad fought a lot growing up be- is because we were, we're very much alike. Yeah. Me and Amaya fight a lot because we're just alike. Um, I get irritated with things that she does that are like me. And that's why I fought with my dad. You know what I mean? So, but that was often a thing. You were either gay because you were abused sexually usually, or you had a strange relationship with the person of the, the the, parent, parent, the parent of the same gender as you, which Mm -hmm. for me, it was, they said the opposite to me. Well, it's because you don't have a good relationship with your dad. So you don't like men. Like, yeah, no, I I don't have a good relationship with my dad. because. I'm like him and he's mean, like not mean, but he's my dad. It was strict. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that. I don't like rules. I never have. Um, obviously. But their whole it's cra- it was crazy to watch it because it was like in the nineties, a lot of it they had old footage and like just pushing like the whole agenda of the I mean, it was the right wing like protecting marriage and um proposition eight was something they talked about at one point and if you don't that was in california california had passed same-sex marriage in 2004 in 2008 they voted on proposition eight which made that illegal and overturned that and said defined marriage as between one man and one woman and that was pushed by the christian side um and then that did get turned down again in 2010 proposition eight did but it didn't go in effect till like 2014 that crazy four years for it to take effect 2013 not 2014 yeah we got married in 2013 um but this was just in california proposition eight was only in california we got married in new york um but these people who were in exodus who knew they were gay And this is the thing with conversion therapy doesn't work. You cannot pray away the gay. They based it off of, well, I'm not gay because I'm not acting on it. Mm -hmm. But they weren't telling anybody that they were still having thoughts and attractions towards the same gender. And so then they're all in this leadership, which was just crazy to me. I wrote down on this, like, they're all these leaders who are all still having same sex attractions in their head, not sharing it with each other. And probably carrying shame. I don't want to speak for them. And then causing more damage. Instead of ever saying to each other, well, I still feel attracted to these people. Maybe this isn't working. They just kept doing it. And because people who are just members, um, I got to adjust this belt. It's really hurting my back. Oh, that hurt. Um, People who were just members were 
leaving and just disappearing from this organization because they couldn't change. And they knew that and they felt this deep guilt and shame. And either some turned to drugs and this isn't in the movie. This is just through reading out love. I learned a lot more about this ministry Uh because Julie Rogers was in it for 10 years. And, uh, they either turned to drugs, like hardcore drugs. Some turned to prostitution. Some committed suicide or had several attempts of suicide. And because they felt so ashamed that they couldn't change, but all these leaders were like, I've changed. Or uh-huh. they married someone of the opposite sex. And they were lying yeah, and not telling the truth. And so these people are like, but I they can't change. More What's damage. wrong with me? Yeah. And they're yeah. Doing so much damage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, I didn't go to conversion therapy and I didn't know of anyone who had said, oh yeah, I was gay and I prayed it away. Like I didn't know, but I believed that you could. And I don't know why I believed it. I don't know why, what in me as a 12 year old was like, well, let's just pray for this to go away. I just thought mm-hmm. I just probably cause I just thought it was this terrible thing. Like, oh God messed me up. I need to pray about this. Well, everyone around you is opposite. You have no one to talk to. And yeah, so no you're, one. you're fighting Mm-mm. yourself yeah. really yeah and it just it was so much i hated myself so much because it wouldn't go away and i was like why am i so broken mm-hmm. like why am i so damaged why can't i fix myself and i am a natural maybe that's why i try to fix everything i'm just someone who likes to fix things if there's a problem if you're upset i want to fix it for you i've learned that that's not a good idea just leave it alone <laughs> <laughs> Because I or, like I like to fix things, and yeah. I tried so hard to fix myself, air quotes, because um, I thought I was broken. Mm-hmm. And um, I—that's I, the whole point of the podcast—is to show people that they're they are loved and that they can be themselves, and you aren't broken and because you're, not you're broken gay or and trans. God loves you, and yeah, and that's that's the message. Because people need to hear that versus, oh, did you know that you're going to hell or Mm -hmm. anything but that, you know? Yeah. Well, and to think, like, people say, oh, look, see, they've, like, the Kenny B. Gay Catholic lady who, she's part of the new ministry, um, Mm -hmm. Freedom March, that is basically what Exodus was. And he's like, oh, we're doing it different. Jeffrey started this. Um, oh, we're doing it different than they did. And it's like, how? I mean, you're believing the same thing uh-huh. because you're saying basically there none of, I mean, none of them have said, oh, well, I'm married to a person of the opposite sex. I didn't see that. So maybe they're not lying about that, but it's like, but are you truly free and are you truly happy? Yeah. Um, because the lady that was in that, f- that video that we had talked about on a different podcast, I'll link it in the comments. Um, someone had said, oh, see, she did it. Mm-hmm. Just like, no, she's praying every single day for it to go away. She actually didn't. She's praying that she doesn't give in to her temptations, of being attracted to a woman, of wanting to be with a woman, of wanting to be loved by a woman. And uh, is that freedom? Having to constantly pray about something that is so natural? Like, let me ask this. If you're a straight person listening, when did you choose to be straight? When did you make that choice? 
He didn't. Most likely. <laughs> I've never yeah. heard one straight person say, oh, yeah, I remember when I chose to be straight. I didn't choose to be gay. I was born gay. Yeah. I chose to come out. I chose to start loving myself. And I still have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. I, I get upset with myself that I can't be more affectionate in public because of trauma. And I'm scared of what people will do or say because of trauma of what I heard about people being gay and them touching or kissing or whatever. And so I'm so scared of who's going to see me and what are they going to say to me? And am I going to get hurt um, if I choose to be affectionate towards you in public, which mm-hmm. hurts you, but it's like deeply internalized trauma that I'm just like, I'm when I think about holding your hand, the amount of conversation I have in my head before I make that action is unreal. Mm-hmm. The fear that I'm feeling what, what if the wrong person sees me? What if someone makes a scene? What if, and it's, it's trauma, it's internalized trauma, internalized from years and years and years of trying to pray something away. And, uh, that's why I want to see a therapist is I'm like, I can heal that, but I, I want, I need help, you know, cause I don't understand why it's so bad still. Um, and Oh, because it was a t- something you hid for so long. Oh, forever. Well, you, we. Yeah. And so it's not. Yeah. And that's Even why though we've been married for, you eight know, eight years, years yeah. it's still, it's not a normal thing. To be able to, it's not. No. The kids are normal. It's, yeah. I yeah. Two moms. I mean, they're, I thank God that they're not. Oh, they're just like. I remember we're Maya. Normal. Yeah. Was like five and her cousins were talking about something and Maya's like you don't have two moms? Like, where's your other mom? Like, she was so confused why they, like, it was so odd to her that her cousins didn't have two moms. Yeah. Because it's so normal for them. And I think that's why it's so normal for younger LGBTQ people to be more affectionate is because they have the blessing of what we've all fought for and generations before us have fought for. They didn't have to spend years hiding and hating themselves. They figured out they were gay or trans. They came out. They lived their life in freedom. That's freedom. Mm-hmm. And I have, yeah, I, yeah, I hid for and so long. And their parents probably are a lot more accepting too. A lot than, more accepting, yeah, than it was back in the day. And they have people to look to. There's, there's movies. There's people, you know, yeah. on social media. There's people that they can look to and be like, oh, see, I can be gay and be happy and find love and be successful. And that was not the story mm-hmm. I was told growing up. If you're gay. You're living a life of destruction, which was something that Exodus had said. Oh, see, I had eight friends die from AIDS. It's a destructive lifestyle. No, there's just a terrible tragedy that thankfully they've figured out and had all Mm -hmm. kinds of research and medicine for it. And it's not a problem. But it wasn't just a gay thing. (laughs) That's just what they made it. Yeah. Um, It's just... If you haven't watched the film, obviously it just came out, but please watch it. Um, I hope I was watching it and I was like, man, I hope the people who are still against it don't listen to Jeffrey and be like, oh yeah, see, <laughs> you know, and get the wrong message. Mm-hmm. Um, because I could see that happening with some, I mean, even he's promoting the film because he's in it. I saw it. I went and looked at his social media. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Um, it makes me sad for them though, like for people who are still living in it, there's because 
they make you feel like you have to choose either I can be love God and not be gay or or opposite and yeah God, you, God wants you to be you and us. of course love him that's number one mm-hmm. but you can do that yeah I mean there's some people from Pulse nightclub that were in the Pulse nightclub which was the nightclub in Florida that Orlando Florida that got um, shot at like the shooter came in and shot and killed I think like 50 people uh-huh. there's like two guys i'm pretty sure on the worship team i know for sure one the worship team or whatever that goes with this freedom march group and one of them was like i prayed that night that if god would save my life you know i wouldn't be gay anymore like he's still gay and he says this they're celibate you know if i if i wasn't in this club and i wasn't gay i wouldn't be doing this and i was like no you didn't do anything wrong by being in that club the man who took the gun into the club and opened fire did something wrong. Yeah. And the idea that because of our sin, we're punished, I think is complete bullshit. And, and this goes across the board, gay, straight, whatever, whatever color you're nothing. I don't care your sin. You're not punished for your sin or else. Why did Jesus come? We're not being punished here on earth because, oh, we have this sin. And people think that, oh, yeah, because they're gay. That's why all that hard stuff's happening in their life. No, because we live in a broken world and God didn't promise us a life without troubles. He didn't. Mm-hmm. We live in a broken world, a fallen world. But that idea um, that you're punished because of your sins, like, okay, Um <laughs> Yeah. And even the thought, like, I was asked, have you truly prayed about this when I came out? I'm like, no, I I only prayed for 12 years. I guess I haven't prayed enough. (laughs) Yeah. You know, how long have you prayed about whatever your sin is? Like, okay, let's, I don't know, whatever your sin is, how long have you prayed about it and like truly hated yourself for it? My being gay wasn't hurting anyone but myself because I hid it for so long. And I'm still working through that pain. Oh, there was this guy that was in Exodus. And my God, he looked so sad because, and he says, you know, I was lying. And when he came out, someone said to him, you know, there's blood on your hands. How does that make you feel? And he's like, I don't want to look down at my hands. Which was really wrong of that person to say to, because, you know, he already felt that shame. I think that's the shitty part about humanity is we want to point out people's like mistakes, like as if they don't already feel crappy inside Mm-hmm. You know, um, nine times out of 10, they already feel like crap and beating themselves up on the inside. And at the end, he goes, the ones who don't commit suicide are killing ourselves internally by not embracing who God created us to be. And he just looks so sad. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why they created the movie. Yeah. Because there are so many people. I mean, like I'm out married happy living a great life but internally i'm still having a lot of trouble mm-hmm. i shouldn't have to think so much about just grabbing your hand i should just grab your hand because i want to you know what i mean and i wasn't in conversion therapy so for the people who were like i wonder how hard it is um that's why there's counseling i mean that's why it's important because they know how to help you through that 
it's just um it blows my mind that it's still a thing and someone said as long as there's homophobia in the world there will always be a new type of exodus that will spring up oh, absolutely to convert people from yeah. being gay like there's a cure that's what he said they look at it like as well the people still believe that yeah that i mean they used to think they used to believe that being gay was a mental disorder then well i think they ruled that out still do. yeah well they ruled <laughs> it out the whole the board of psychology or whatever ruled that that out that it's not now people are thinking transgenderism is and it's not it's not um and it's so sad because it's just like, no, I have a mental disorder. Like, I have depression. I have anxiety. I've had suicidal thoughts. I know what a mental disorder is, and it's terrible, and it sucks. But I think all of that sprung up from the self-hatred I had for years, believing I was gay. Mm-hmm. It's just nobody should live like that. Nobody should have to go through that, especially alone. And then make it worse when you're in a group of people trying to do it, too, and you're all lying to each other because you all still feel gay. And then mm-hmm. the guilt and shame is worse because you're disappointing this whole group of people instead of just yourself and God and people who don't know your secret. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I don't crazy. Know. So how do we fix something like that? I mean, we do a podcast. I, I was watching it. I was like, man, Freedom March is sharing people's stories of I was gay or I was trans, but Jesus, I found Jesus and I found freedom. I've known Jesus since I was as long as I can remember, four. I got saved when I was five. Um, and this isn't a bragging thing. I, this is saying I've known Jesus my whole life. I was raised in a house where the Holy Spirit was present. I have known his voice. I have known his presence. Um, And so when they use that scripture, oh, you're born, you know, new, you're new again, you're made new when you find Jesus, the old is gone and the new is coming. I was like, but what about me? I I never stopped loving Jesus. I just one day realized I was attracted to girls. I mean, think about that trauma. Like, I knew, I know scripture. I was raised in a house where I read it. I, I still do. And it's not a bragging thing. It was just I knew the Bible because I read the Bible, and that's what I grew up doing. And I love it still. Mm-hmm. Um But I was like, but what about me? Like, why am I not changed? I didn't stop loving Jesus. Like I've always loved him. So why am I not changing to what's normal and what's right air quotes, what's healthy, what's perceived as normal. Um, I don't know, but they're sharing the people found Jesus and found freedom. And I'm over here on the podcast sharing. Jesus told me he loved me and he didn't make a mistake. I'm sharing the opposite stories of them. Uh huh. Because that's where freedom is. When you can embrace, like he said, like embracing who God created us to be. It says God created us in our mother's womb. Like he knit us together. Every single part of me he made. Even the one that's attracted to women. He made that part too. And the world's got to stop telling people that that was a mistake. Because people are dying because of it. Yeah. It's the people who've been to conversion therapy are two times more likely to commit suicide than people who haven't. I don't know why I did my own conversion therapy type thing for myself. You know what I mean? I don't know why as a kid I did that to myself. It doesn't make sense. I can't understand why I did that. And I didn't realize I did it until I started reading this book. And I was like, whoa. Hmm. 
I mean, it was heartbreaking to read because I was like, there's a part, I don't, did I talk about this last week? There's a part where she hurt herself, like she was burning herself with quarters. And you can see her scars in the film at one point. And it just broke my heart because it's just like, oh, I hated myself so much. As a child. Yeah. I hated myself so much. I tried so hard to be straight. And I couldn't. Even after I came out, I told you this the other day. I dated a guy for a little bit, a couple months. And uh, we'd be at the movies and I'd see girls and just like think they were attractive. Like I was like, no, why are you doing this to yourself? I was still talking to girls too at the same time. I know. What can I say? I was I was trying. I was just trying to convert myself. Still, was like one last chance. And it's also because my boss was like begging me to. Yeah. Well, My have you tried dating too. another guy? So I did the same thing. Have you tried dating another guy? Even when I was it's like with a living with Mama Lois, there's this guy at work. <laughs> He's cute. You should come meet him. Mom, for the last time. Yeah. I'm not ever. No, it's not. I've tried. I even tried again. Mm-hmm. It's just not me. Believe me, that'd be a better life. It would be way easier. It would be way easier. Yeah. I would never choose this because I thought it was going to be easy. Or not choose that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I tried so hard to choose that. I tried. And that's what I don't think people understand is uh, a lot of us have tried really hard. Thankfully, the younger kids don't have to because yeah. there's drama in that. It's just like. I couldn't I couldn't will it. You know, it's like saying, well, you haven't met the right guy. No, I'm just gay. Like, get over it. What is it hurting you? It's not. Hmm. And that was my mom's biggest fear when I came out was that it wasn't going to be an easy life. Oh, same. Because people were going to be hateful or hurtful or whatever. And that's very true. <laughs> yeah. it's That's what's made this life hard. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. But not just, I mean, we're surrounded by amazing people and, um, Oh yeah. People who love us, you know, it's, it was sad. Uh, at one point she's in the church and she's like, you know, Julia's and she's talking about how all these gay people got to come into church cause they were holding a thing for Matthew Shepard, like a memorial or something years later. Um, which I talked about on Matt, Matt's episode, just, um, he was a gay kid who got murdered and left in a field, um, for being gay. And, um, she was like, it was amazing to see all these gay people, LGBT people walk into a church who probably hadn't walked into a church in decades. And someone up there saying, you're loved, you're welcome here, and how much healing that does. Yeah. Hello, more. He'll, yeah, yeah, that's more. what reminded me when I heard that. I was like, and that's our church. That was, that was one of the things I wish I had told Daryl. And I told you, like, right before he passed away, I was like, I need to tell him mm-hmm. how healing it is. To be told you're loved or told that I see Jesus in you or Jesus loves you by a pastor because it was the pastors preaching this Mm -hmm. message saying that we were an abomination growing up. 
that did all the damage. So it's the pastors that we need to hear it from saying you're loved. And I see Jesus. That brings people closer to God, not further. Like, yeah, just don't get it. No, Gerald was great. He was great. He is. Yeah. But that was just like one of those things that I'm like, damn, I wish I would have told him because I even told you, I was like, I need to tell him about it all the time. How important, how important it is. To people. Mm-hmm. Um, to be seen by a pastor. To just be seen as yes. you are. And he didn't want once to change us. He yeah. wanted to help us grow into who he saw God called us to be. Mm-hmm. And he pushed he pushed the crap out of me to be everything that he saw in me. All the ministry and everything. And that is what's healing for people so is just seeing people where they are and not trying to change them, not calling out their mistakes or whatever. I mean, being gay isn't a mistake, but like for someone who's done something and they're super disappointed in what they've done and they made this choice um, to just see them and see their pain and just comfort them. That's what you're called to do. Love, Love, comfort, mourn with those who mourn. Like don't bully them for their mistake. Mm -hmm. Love them through it. It's like I always tell Amaya, I'm like, you are not a bad kid. You made a bad choice. You're a good kid who made a bad choice. Yeah. One. One bad choice. Just do better next time. Like, hear me. I'm just saying, do better next time. Like, don't beat yourself up about it. Make a better choice next time. You'll be all right. You know? And that's, I think, what we're, we're called to do as humans especially as Christians. And I have a harder and harder time calling myself a Christian rather call myself. I I love Jesus. I follow Jesus because that's what Christianity, the word Christ follower. But a lot of people who claim to be Christians are only following Jesus or his teachings. They're following Paul and twisting his words. And we had a conversation about it last night. I'm like, that's Paul's teaching. That's not Jesus. Paul said that. Paul was just a man. I don't know. You get in trouble for that, but I don't really care. It's the truth. Are we following Jesus' teachings or Paul's teachings? Are we following, like, there's lots of good truth from Paul and Peter and all the books. But what it comes down to is, Love your God with all your heart and all your mind, all your soul. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Which we got to start loving ourselves better. But loving, I saw, I heard something the other day said, loving your neighbor is like wanting for them all the good things you want for yourself. Like wanting a good life for them too. Mm-hmm. You know, wanting blessings on them too. And uh, that's good. Yeah, because it's just a different way to think about it. Mm-hmm. On a exciting note, just to talk about the goodness of God, um, we filmed last week's podcast. We film on Wednesdays usually. I need to get better at scheduling and doing batch recordings, which is hard in this season. Um, and the people who we had been having a really hard fight with, one of them showed up and we, um, they apologized and, and we went over there and just 
spend time together and we've spent so much time together since last Thursday, like four days, I think. And it has been so healing for both of our hearts. I didn't realize how much that was causing my depression and weighing so heavy on me. Um, but God was just so kind because they even said, like, I don't know how to fix this. And I'm like, this, this, is this, all we needed was acknowledgement and an apology. That's all we needed. That you saw that you hurt us and you're sorry that you hurt us. That's, I don't, you know, like I didn't need a million dollars or anything. You know what I mean? I just needed you to see me and see what you did and that it hurt. And like, I love you. I forgive you. And I think that's, God was so present in that moment and so kind to us and to them. Um, Cause that's his grace and his mercy and his love is we being humble. Even when I made my phone call to apologize, like having the humility to put down your pride and just see that you made a mistake and you care about those people that more. Yeah. yeah. We love. Um, so it we does love. get better <laughs> and yeah, just trusting God that yeah. it would just, work itself out. Um, and that's what I said when I had my phone call, that that person was like, I don't know how we move on from this. And I said, I don't either, except for God's love and grace and mercy. Mm -hmm. And he'll take care of the rest. And he did. did. Thank you, God. Mm -hmm. Super blessed. I'm super thankful. We all are. We all are. So, um, I think that's it. I don't know if you haven't watched the film yet, go watch it. Um, we will get hopefully that um, friend on an episode that about the virgin therapy. Oh yeah, he's going to be on it um, soon. So he's got some stuff going on right now, but it should be sometime this month. Um, just to get more of an in-depth story, I know it's hard, but that's what I uh, the podcast is all about—sharing people's stories and experiences to help other people's eyes open or. If you are in the LGBTQ community, to know that you're not alone, you know, like you're not the only one who's gone through this, which is why we shared our story of, you know, being in a fight with someone who we loved over some posts that felt very homophobic and God's redemption was so amazing, but we want people to know they're not alone and we want to help educate people who aren't in this community to know how to be better allies. Um for the community yeah. and Jesus is an ally and he loves you and you are not a mistake and you are perfectly made. Um, he knit you together in your mother's womb and he even put that gay or trans or bi or pan or whatever part <laughs> in you. He did that. And sure. that is a beautiful part of you that can be used in, um, churches that straight people don't have. We understand what it feels like to be marginalized and what it feels like to be just put down and, and told we were not enough just because of who we are. And I think because of that, we have the ability to extend more grace and mercy because we don't want anyone to feel how we've ever felt period yeah. for any reason. Cause it sucks. <laughs> so anyways, wrapping up again, <laughs> thank y'all for listening. If you haven't already, please like, and subscribe. Um, comments that helps us so much share this um get this word out and go watch pray away it's on 
Netflix and it's it's good. I'm excited for 1946. Get the book if you're. Uh, yeah, if you, I'll link the book again in my YouTube. It's called Out Love, Julie Rogers. It's amazing. Um, it's really hard to read. It's actually, I wasn't as traumatized by this film because the book is so much harder to read. It's so much more in depth of the a person's story and mm -hmm. her trauma and her seeing the trauma that it did to others because she was in leadership. And uh, it's eye opening. Um, for sure. And this stuff's got to stop. <laughs> you can't pray it away. You just can't. You're perfect. He made Amen. you and he said, it is good. Like he literally said that he made Adam and Eve. And he said, it is good. He said the same thing about you. That's the truth. So anyways, until next week. Have a great one. <laughs> Why do you always laugh when I say that? You don't like my ending? <laughs> Sorry. Hey guys, thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications, and give this video a big thumbs up. Also, thanks for your comments and your feedback. Hey guys, thanks. Thanks for listening to my podcast. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs>